pretty upfront with you. If I were to pick a lesson that I wanted to skip over, it's tonight. So, I'll just tell you. Because, for the various reasons, there is a multiplicity of viewpoints on what involves this. I want to center on this. It is the goal of any time you talk with a person, individual, is reconciliation. That is the goal, not ostracization, that is a word, but to reconcile. And so that's uh, tonight's lesson, and we're going to go right on, and we're going to touch on the highlights tonight. Uh, It says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, and it is a very sobering verse. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. If you're tuning in tonight, we're in uh, lesson 6 on a study of Baptist distinctives. Distinctives that matter. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. We've talked about church membership. We've talked about baptism. We've talked about various other things. Tonight is church discipline. It says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual... Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. I think that one verse sort of sets our direction for tonight. It is important. Number one, the church wants us to grow. If you look in Second uh, Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen, uh, we know we are to be growing. How do we know? Second Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he is uh, therefore. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. As Mister Womack says, now not quite that direction, but we do want. We really is expected of me to grow. You would expect. Do you not expect your pastor to grow? Yes, and not physically necessarily, which I've been doing too much of late. But you want me to go spiritually, and probably want me to go more maturely as well. I can't promise that, but the spiritual, I'm really trying to work on the spiritual aspect of that. And I think I got my thing on backwards. There we go. See, right there. There we go. Now, let's see if we got this on. Are we good to go? Let's see. I'm not hearing myself yet. Sorry. Let's see if it's on. Is it on? It's on, 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 on. Are you on? Hello. Just a moment. Hello? 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 Are we hearing yet? Don't hear it yet. Don't hear it yet. Maybe it's not on down here. It's down down there. Anyway, this is on. It's on. Yeah. Woo! We're expected to grow. So I am to be as a Christian. Someone who's growing the Lord, read my Bible. And the question number uh, three is, what does the name new creature tell us about ourselves? We are something different. You're not the way that you used to be. You're something new. And so in Romans 12, 1, what is the believer's rational, rational sorry, response to salvation? To present your body, what? A living sacrifice. And already prays eloquently, eloquently tonight. We are, our bodies are his. We are to give our whatever we have. Uh, we are to use our bodies for him. So spiritual transformation needs to take place. That's the growing and sanctification. So as you're being set apart, you're becoming more like Christ. He's sanctifying you. I believe in what's called progressive sanctification, that as I grow in Christ, I become more like him. And that's the desire. One day there will be entire sanctification when I'll be in heaven, no more sinning. That'll be a wonderful thing uh, for all of us. I'm sure we're looking forward to that. There's no shortcut. You cannot say, I want to be spiritual and tap your heels together three times and then boom, you're, in, you're somewhere in spiritual land. It doesn't work that way, as you well know. We are continuing to work. So 
All that being said, then if we are not growing, then sometimes we can go backwards. So I remember Adrian Rogers says, if you're not as close to God as you were yesterday, you're backslidden. Something, or last week, you know, if you haven't won a soul in the last whatever, but the time it was, he said, you're backslidden, you need to start working toward that. We understand what he's saying to us is we cannot, there's no neutral. I found neutral. I remember Ian bought that one truck, and we were going up that hill just past Lang Slocum there. You turn on that little, there's a little rise there, and he stalled it out. First time he'd ever driven a, a stick. And there's no neutral on a hill. You're going to go backwards, you're going to put it in the gear, you're going to go forward. And so we were, uh, our spiritual walk, I don't think there's, I don't know why I'm doing the charade today, but spiritual walk, there's, there's really no neutral. So what is the connection between question number six, sanctification and evangelism? As we grow in Christ, we have opportunities to share the gospel or encourage them. You can know for sure you're saved. You can know you're on your way to heaven. The Bible, And you always come back to the Bible says, because your word and my word is one again, but the Bible says that's the authority. And the Bible says that, then that's it. And so that's, that's where we're coming from, and we are to be growing. So if we f- refuse to grow, then we might have come to this point of discipline the erring members, and that's number two. So the pure church membership does not mean that we are expected to be sinless. And aren't you glad that the body of Christ doesn't have to be sinless to ever get into the body of Christ? Because we as a body, we're not sinless. We understand that. But we are to be uh, working toward a church that is pure, etc. We're holding to the doctrine, etc., there are a lot of nuances. Uh, sometimes church discipline is for informal instruction. Sometimes it's for encouragement. Sometimes it's for rebuke. There's a lot of nuances. Probably no two pastors, no two churches very rarely would do it the very same way. And there's a lot of bad, bad ways to be done. It has been done, probably will be done in the future. There are some Bible guidelines. And church discipline only refers to members. So if a person's not a member of your, the church you're going to or the church in question... You have no hold over them. So that's for, so. There are, these are the church. These are the Bible guidelines. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter eighteen, as you're turning there, this is probably the only place that this is recorded in New Testament. I think I've got a slide up here that is going to show us what we want. There we go. Step one. All right. Matthew chapter eighteen, please. Matthew chapter eighteen. Was Matthew one of the disciples? Was Matthew? Yes, he was. Matthew, Levi, one of the disciples, wrote, and what does the gospel of Matthew present Christ as? Very clearly, as the what? The king. Christ is the king. Moreover, brethren, Matthew 18, verse 15, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. I'm going to stop right at verse 15, because that's how most things end. I have never, the, the complete number four is when, and this is between, uh, I say, well, this is a pastor, well, Brother Phil and I. Brother Phil and I has been uh, has coming over and stealing my diet Mountain Dew. He's been doing it for years, and I've gotten tired of it. Matter of fact, and so I have I've got video over and over. And so I'm going, Pastor Phil, I want you or Brother Phil, I'm going to say, listen, Brother Phil, listen, I know you've been stealing my diet Mountain Dew. Don't you feel guilty about that? Yes, I do. Well, then we're done. He said, I'm sorry. I'm going to make restitution. End of story. And that's how it usually happens. Uh, but remember also, this is someone who's an actual sin. So, Pastor feels thinner than I. So, you know, Pastor, th- it really bothers me. Pastor th- Phil, you're so nice and smell. And you're so, is that a sin for him to be that? No. Oh. So 
one of those things. You see, it's so, back to 15. If thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault, and between thee and him alone, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. See, that's the whole reconciliation. George, you have more hair on top of your head than I do. That really bothers me. I told my wife today, I think that my, my uh, avatar is getting his hair is getting thinner and thinner the more I use it. But see, I, I mean, I, well, that's great. George has that. That's not something, that's not Matthew chapter 18. That's not Matthew 18. And so, the first step. Confront the brother, erring brother. And this isn't, uh, you know, I've always, in my mind, I always thought, this is, the p- pastor's going. This is you to the person that bothers you. See the difference there? It's not the, pa- it's, what does the Bible say? Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between me and thee and him alone. Brother Phil would have to steal an awful lot of diet Mountain Dew for me to go to him and say, you know what? I'm, I'm buying that and not do for four, four people now. That's what I mean, right? Four people now. I just, you know, I, I've lost my job. I've lost three. I've had ten jobs. I've lost five of them. I've lost nine of them. And so I can't afford it anymore. So I know Pastor Phil, and he's good. He said, you know what, brother? I'm not only going to give you out. I'm going to pay four folds. How many that kids? I'm going to give you four fold back. Woohoo! That's not a picture I want to see. <laughs> True stories. When my mom and dad, when my dad and I started wrestling, my mom got so upset because we were serious about it. Because my dad did not want his son whipping him, and so he was the strongest hand. If my dad got his hands on you, it's over, Grover. Because he milked cows as a as a boy, like thirteen cows twice a day. So his hands were like, <sighs> and so he. I never did whip him, and but my mom and she throw water. I'm gonna throw water on you. She, I'm gonna throw water. I think once or twice she got ready to throw it on us, and we stopped, but. Uh, I didn't, but my dad didn't want to wrestle with him, uh, and spiritually either, but certainly not physically. So for personal offenses, step one, you go to the brother yourself. Number two, we're going forward. Uh, forward, please. Thank you. Step, uh, step two is confront the erring brother with the presence of witnesses. That would be verse 16, I believe. And if he will not hear thee, Pastor Phil says, no, I'm going to keep on stealing it. As a matter of fact, I'm taking your cats with the next time I go. I would just step back and say, you can, I'm not going to say another word. Uh, then take with him one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, may, every word may be established. So I said, Dave and, Dave and Chris, I'm going, to Pat, I'm going to Brother Phil. He's been taking my, and you know, I've been complaining, I've been whining like a, uh, oh, about this for so long. You're going to tired of hearing me whine. Well, this goes to stop whining. We'll go with it. And so we're going to Pastor Phil. And he, and he's still, he, I've proved. You know what, Tim, you do have, you do have a good complaint here. <laughs> Oh, he, Pastor, Brother Phil, you're going to change your way. I'm not changing my ways. I'm taking it every day. I'm going over there anytime I want. I'm taking it right out of his garage. All right, that was number two. I know I'll make it a little bit uh, light. I'm not trying to make two uh, light of it. Three, people in the entire church. I have never seen this done the right way. Uh, this is, okay, Brother Phil and I, Brother Phil's Adam, he's right. I'm Adam, he's wrong. They say, Brother Tim has a good I'm defended. He's a defender. And so, I don't mean to, you can flip off if you want. I'll be a defender. No. Uh, and they say, he's got a real case. So we go to the church. And so now, in this, in this, we're, it takes for granted, both of us are attending a church. 
Both of us have a chance to stand up in front of the whole church and say, I want to give my side, and he has a chance to give his side. I mean, that's assumption here in this. And then if you neglect to hear them, tell unto the church. And so now the church, because we're both church members, and because I have this grievance, and then we are supposed to, after we've given our side, we are to surrender to what the church says. And the church says, Tim, you know what? Is more blessed to give and to receive. And you're giving him something. So we side with Pastor Phil. And Pastor Phil gets to keep on doing it. And I have to say, okay, you're right. I'll just keep on buying and he'll get to keep on drinking my Diet Mountain Dew. But if Pastor Phil's wrong, still wrong, and doesn't ever repent, never repents, then we just fellowship him. Now remember, can you, what's the purpose of any kind of church discipline? Restoration, exactly. Reconciliation. Two great words. Restoration, reconciliation. The whole purpose, the first time I went to see Brother Phil, is he said, you know what? You're absolutely right. I've been so wrong. Will you forgive me for this? I didn't even realize. You, you, I didn't realize I'm walking over. You see what I'm saying? It's something in real life. You not even realize that what I said hurt your feelings. Or, and that's not even that either. This is a, a transgression. If the brother has trespassed, forgive me of my trespasses, another word for what? Sin. So this is someone who sinned against a brother, knowingly, whatever, et cetera, perhaps unknowingly. Pretty much you're going to know if you sin against someone, right? You're pretty much going to know that. So the purpose of reconciliation, but if he's like in the complete wrong, sinned against me, then we would maybe disfellowship him. The purpose being, still later on down the road, is that Brother Phil gets right with God. Comes back in the fellowship. He's proven himself. Even happens in the first Corinthians chapter five. It happens in Second Corinthians chapter two. So that is the overall the, the four steps. Mm, by the way, as you can well know, you may not agree with my philosophy of this particular topic for church, but I can tell you, it can split a church in a heartbeat. It can be very very polarizing. Let me be very transparent with you. If you had a church, if you started a church, and you had in your bylines and bylaws that everybody read, and you made them sign on it, that this is what happens when this happens, you have to understand it. But if you, if, you, if you have not kept that going from the get-go, then once you start doing this, I remember in New Jersey, they, they were taking, uh, people who hadn't been there for like, I don't know, it's five years or something, and they were just removing their name for the role because they either joined with somewhere else. I'm telling you, one of the trustees stood up in the meeting. He says, you take my son's name off the role, you take my name with it. Bob Ingram. You take my name with it. Whoa. The pastor, we didn't mean to do that. So, that's, you see, you see where I am? So that's, should we live right? Yes. Now, and, and as a pastor, speaking from pastor's heart, what I would like is people stop coming to the church. Just send us a letter. We're coming, we're going to so-and-so church. Or we've moved out of town. We're going to here. Or we don't want to go to church anymore. I just, you just remove our, just quietly remove our name from the roll. That doesn't happen that way, though. Because people, and I understand both, I understand, so I'm, it's, it's a, it's a complicated thing. And what I don't want to do is make someone so discouraged that they give up on church, period. 
and casting every single Christian with that pastor who bears me to no end in front of everybody else. So that's all part of this. Is it good to have church discipline? Yes. It's good. An ideal? Yes, it's good. And we need to have a pure church membership. I preach to you all the time to keep, keep your lives right. And that's between you and God, I know that. But we are to have that. And that's part of it, we'll see at the very end, is part of the church testimony. So let's go right on in order to get everything done tonight. Uh, we're going forward, please. Boop, 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 boop. Public offenses. Here we go. And we are up to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Was Corinth, the church at Corinth a godly church? No. He spent the first six chapters talking about things. They asked him, he didn't get to answer the questions until chapter 7. He starts answering their questions. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, now concerning the things where have you wrote unto me? That's chapter 7, verse 1. Before he gets there, though, he's got to cover chapter 5. His report among you, verse 1, that there is fornication among you, and such fornication is not among, as named among the Gentiles that one man should have his father's wife. I believe, in my thinking, he's still going to church every, like every Sunday there quite often. That's, it doesn't say specifically. And ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he hath done this deed and might be taken away from among you. For I verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath done this deed, that in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my, in my, in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one unto Satan... For the destruction of his flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Do you see, even Paul, the purpose of this was that this man who's such egregiously sinning, what is commonplace today in many regards, or something similar, uh, is we, they are to dispel, if you won't change, disfellowshipping him, why? Verse 5, that the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your glorying is not good. Ye know not that a little, or know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us, etc., etc., etc. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2 now, as I bite my finger, trying to get the... I've not asked any questions, Mark. I've not sent you any tech questions. You might be coming soon. How do you repair a broken, uh, bitten finger? Uh, chapter 2, verse 3 of 2 Corinthians. And I wrote this same unto you, lest when I came I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that ye might know the love which I more abundantly unto you. But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part that I may be overcharged you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many. So that contrary wise, ye ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I believe, and most would say, this is the guy of chapter 5, verse chapter 5, 1 to 12 there. This is the guy who'd been so sinning, but now he has been restored and forgiven. Remember Onesimus and Philemon, restore and forgive. 
Only by God's grace there go you and I. I'm not saying we sign on and we are celebratory of sin. Nay. But we are to show love to those who are in that. And gracious love, not a caustic, you're going... If you don't repent, and they are going to hell if they don't repent, but this shouting and fingering, and, and, and that's, that, you know, I think sometimes maybe a, just a gentle, can I tell you what Jesus has done for me? And you don't have to go to this place. He's got a better plan than that, far better. And so if this is why we do this, first of all, preserve the church's testimony regarding sin. So we are to maintain that we... By the way, we are, we are against sin. I'm against sin. I'm, if it's sin in my life, sin in your life, we are to stand against sin. We are, we are not to coddle. There's a church, a Southern Baptist church that's on, I don't know if they've been disfellowshipped yet, but they, is, they, are a, uh, they are a pro-choice church. So we struggle with that. As you well know, uh, very much in the news is Rick Warren, who adopted the philosophy that women can be pastors, and so he brought... Uh, pastoral team on the Saddleback Church. He has been disfellowshipped from the Southern Baptist Convention. However, he is still in contact with them. The purpose of this over here is they are not members of the church until they repent and that we're not to have any kind of social fellowshipping with them. That's this association. Some even believe extremist shunning. Uh, some even go far as to say, I was reading that with shun that a wife should leave her husband. I'm telling you, that's, that's not what it's saying. That the husband and wife relationship came before the church. So, that, but does say that the church body as a whole, if this person has been disfellowshipped, they're not to have things to do with them until they get back right with God. But Mr. This case in point, this is the Southern Baptist Convention's week. They're meeting down in New Orleans. But Mr. Warren has contacted every single church in the Southern Baptist Convention, asking them to side with him on the issue of allowing women to be pastors. He's read and studied, and he believes now the Bible is allowing. We could not have a church without ladies. Could not. But that one office, particularly the office of deacon or pastor, is reserved for men. Clearly in Scripture, it's been clear for years, for a long time. If women can be pastors, where is the detailed? Characteristics of the woman pastor. Where's the where's the description of the el, of the woman elder? If that's to be a woman, there's not in scripture. It's the man, husband of one wife, etc. So we're on the same page. I mean, most of us will be always on that. But this is preserve the church's testimony regarding sin, restore the offending love, and this is so important that we offer forgiveness. I'm telling you, you may not win them back the first time you talk with them, but you can sure lose them for life. Yeah. I believe. If you come across heavy-handed, arrogant, it's my way or the highway with no, no opportunity for discussion or forgiveness. Or My son told me different times, you need to put yourself in the other person's shoes sometimes. It may help you think differently. So halt the spread of sin and maintain the clarity of the gospel and the purity of the fellowship with Christ. So I put these words, these are a lot, there's consistency and fairness. Big part, if you're going to practice that just exactly, then you've got to be consistent and fair. Right? You got to, so this is a difficult issue. I, I almost did not do this series because of this one lesson, because I don't want to divide our church. I want you to explain why these, my philosophy thinking is, if it comes to a point in time, someone who attends the church is attending the church and 
whatever, and will not stop attending the church, etc. My thinking it, it applies to someone who is currently attending, and this over here is for individuals. Chris and I, I've done Chris wrong. Whatever it is, I've been doing, and he said, you know what, Pastor, Brother Tim, I, 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 this is really bothering me. Can we talk about this? And I would like to say, you know, I am so sorry, Chris. I wouldn't knowingly sin against you, period. But if I did, you see, the whole purpose of this, the one-on-one, and get that settled. And if both men want to do what God wants them to do, they're going to surrender to the Lord and be settled. Often what happens when the one-on-one happens is one departs. One leave the church. And so that's thoughts. I had to even say that. Thoughts are questions. I know it's a, it's a difficult lesson. And there's none of us probably would agree exactly how to do it. You may not agree with how we do it here. I strive to keep the unity and also teach the truth of the gospel. That's my strive. And I believe we have you. I'm not, and you don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying you all have to agree with everything I say or whatever. But I want us to, most of all, we are spiritually in tune with one another. And the gospel is preached. And the Bible is preeminent. And people can come to our church and not feel ostracized or, or not feel unwelcome. That's a really want people come to our church and feel welcome. Well said. And this goes back to the person goes to the person. You, if it's a minister woman and I, I go to him, not to everybody else on, on, on 330 or 307. <coughs> and hopefully, it's, although no one ever knows. Yeah. And if Dave and I go to see Brother Phil, then there's four of us know, and that's it. It's not like it's brought. So the whole idea is to keep it not for public. There are some things, obviously. I have to eventually, the pastor sins, the whole church is going to know about it. The pastor gets, if I go into adultery, you're going to know about it as I leave. And so, but most things, they don't they have to be aired. A lot of things have to be aired. Don't air your dirty laundry. Exactly. Thoughts or questions? I think that's it. I think it's my last slide. We'll see. Was. Right, so. Generally, the person that wants to visit you, 
that verse, exact, just that's right from the Bible. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of what? Meekness. Consider thyself, lest thou also be. So, to, to, to talk to someone about something, I, I, I'm hesitant. it has to be done every once in a while. But make sure and start with prayer. Lord, is this what you... And I remember different times. I remember there was a thing that happened with, uh, with back at, at Berean. And I had no... I was one of the things, I had no idea how to solve it. And Don Johnson said to me at the end of visitation one Saturday morning, well, if I had this, I would do it myself. <coughs> and boom. Because I had prayed, I had no answer. And the Lord just said, this is what you, And that was it. And the answer, God, God used him to help me get that answer. Because I... I didn't jump into it and off the handle. Of course, it wasn't texting back then. Let us pray. Lord, in humility, I, I, I know what I'm not by any means perfect. I'm not the best pastor, perfect pastor. But Lord, I, I want to, with your guidance, do what's right and to be faithful and to not shy away from the difficult, but also not bring up things that cause more harm than good. That being said, Lord, help us, each one here, that we'll walk with you, that we'll pray for those that we know who are erring, possibly, and not just throw stones, but pray and encourage them and, and, and seek to befriend them. Instead of throwing them under the bus, to use today's colloquialism, may we be about encouraging and helping. Not, and that doesn't, they're not saying that we condone or celebrate what they're doing, but we want to be a help and encouragement and a yes. Exactly, for good. So Lord, help us to do that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.